listen to Two Married Lesbians discuss an LGBTQ plus book each month that highlights the queer human condition as they use connection and humor to relate the issues to us as a queer community. She's Anna. And she's Miranda. I am. And we're two married lesbians. We are. And we're all queer here. Welcome back to yourself. Book two of Pride Month. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Like a Love Story by Abdi Nazimian. So, Publishers Weekly suggests this title for ages 13 and up, and Booklist recommends it for grades 9 through 12, but it is our belief that parents have the final say in what reading material is appropriate for their child. Our author lives in L.A. with his two children and husband, and he uses he, him pronouns. Awesome sauce. So, um, this was actually, I came across this when I was researching the, his pronouns. This book is a Stonewall honor book and chosen by Time Magazine as one of the hundred best young adult books of all time. Nice! Yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty high honors. Pretty high honors. And this book was also in the adult fiction section at our local library. Oh boy, I'm getting tired of that one. Yeah. So I went back when I returned it and different person there than when I returned Felix Ever After and I said hey I just I'm here to return this book and just want to let you know that it was in the adult fiction section but it's a YA book um and they looked confused and said okay and so I did go back and look in the YA and adult fiction section for Felix Ever After and I couldn't find it so maybe it's checked out. I don't Fingers know. Fingers crossed. Because I didn't look it up online. I just thought next time I go in, I'll just kind of keep looking for it to see if yeah. it got changed. And I'll do the same for this one. Okie doke. It sounds like a plan. Sounds so like we've seen what? Three three books now? Just that... two. No, just two. Oh, I thought All Boys Aren't Blue. No, that was in the biography section. Oh, that's right. It's a biography. But they could have also chosen to put it in the adult fiction section. Let's hope that wouldn't be what they did, but... <laughs> and here's just... A little warning that this book does discuss sex, so we will be discussing some of that sexual content as well. So if you've got the littles around, oh, yeah. just be aware. Grab those headphones. Grab those headphones. And let's remember the order in which we, the headphones, podcasts, littles, make sure the podcast with the headphones and the littles are not all contained therein. Absolutely. So let's jump into the content. It sounds like a, sounds like a plan. What did you think about this book? I mean, the opening quote uh, that was just like um, about loving America while it's exterminating you. Mm -hmm. Oh, woof. That, I mean, uh, and, and that's the thing is that experience isn't unique to queer people. Like you look at Native American folks. I mean, I mean, it's the very dark side of our country is that we don't, despite being the melting pot and having the American dream and all that, uh, America doesn't always appreciate everyone. I think it states too, because I can't remember when I started doing this, it might've been high school, but, um, in Texas schools, we say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then we also say the Texas Pledge. And, um, you know, Pledge of Allegiance to the Texas, Texas One and Indivisible, something like that. And um, 
Because now that I'm nervous, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But, <laughs> well, um, you're not there. I pledge allegiance to Texas. One stay under God, one indivisible. I think that's what it is. And so, um, but I always put my hand over my heart for the American pledge, mm-hmm. and then I move my hand up almost like I'm taking like a like an oath, mm-hmm. and I say the Texas flag. And I've done that for as long as I can remember. And as I've gotten older, I feel like the purpose and why I do that is because. I don't feel like I need to pledge loyalty to my state, especially mm-hmm. when my state constantly wants to erase my queerness. Yeah. And my relationship. Yeah. So it's that's, like you're separating yourself. Right. From... So that's kind of like as I become an adult and I have kids ask me about it all the time and I say, well, I just feel like it's not as important as the, as the, as my, as the national pledge. I don't, you know, go on a soapbox, but, <laughs> but for me. <laughs> Miss Wall pulls out her soapbox, dusts it off, <laughs> well, steps on you know. it. Yeah, yeah. No, but I just, I think, like, I didn't realize why I did that at first. And think, like, as I got older and my identity changed and I became who I am, I think that's why I do it. Yeah. So. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm really glad you shared that. I don't get to see, you know, the, the Anna at school. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's always nice to get that glimpse of. But I think I did that in high school too. Like, really? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't even have to do anything with your hands. People, they just ask that you stand out of respect, mm-hmm. you know, for the pledge. But, um, I think what's hard from the beginning of this book and obviously lasts throughout the majority is Reza being so afraid to be gay because of AIDS Oh, yeah. I mean, that just such a visceral mm -hmm. reaction to any thought of that connection to gay equals AIDS. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I got to say, if I were a gay man growing up in that time period, I could definitely see myself feeling very much the same way. As a, as a kid, I was always very easily frightened of um, medical things. Um, you know, like my mom had to go through all this, like, uh, like have to talk to the dentist ahead of time and be like, listen, you're going to have to, you know, you can't tell her you're going to tickle her teeth. You have to say, tell her exactly what it is, exactly what it does, and tell her about it ahead of time. You know, like yeah, all this stuff. you can't stuff. die from the dentist. I don't know. I don't know. I've had some pretty fear. rough I'm dentist pretty, I'm pretty afraid of the dentist. I put it off as much as possible. But he also says in the beginning, Reza says in the beginning that he th- he hopes that his thoughts about boys is a phase. I, uh... That's so many people, like, that's just, it's just such a relatable book, even though, yeah. I mean, I think people growing up now are maybe you don't think HIV is even that big of a deal when I think it still is. It's still a disease that you mm-hmm. have to monitor and be in good health. Mm-hmm. But because we have so many medi- so many medications, I've heard younger gay men be like, well, it's not that big of a deal if I get it. It is still a big it deal. It is still a big deal because not that's, to, yeah, not, that's something you got to deal with for a while. Yeah, not It affects to, future partner conversations. Yeah, and it's not something that people die of, die from anymore, which is obviously good. Oh, uh, yeah. But it's still a serious illness that needs to be avoided. Well, yeah, I mean, practicing safe sex is always a good idea. Uh, and it just kind of comes right back down to conversations we've had before about the lack of sex ed but especially as it pertains to queer folks. And, um, 
you know, yeah, it's phenomenal that we have made huge jumps in, in the, the medical world. And those that we do still have from that era that, that, you know, have HIV, because of course now our language that we use to describe that has, has changed. But I mean, obviously in the historical context of this book, they refer to it as AIDS. Um, and I mean, that's great that we've made those advancements and, and now we have folks that, you know, they, they don't have to have this fear of a death sentence. It's just, okay, well, I take, you know, this, that, or the other, and, um, it can manage my symptoms. And I mean, I think it's beautiful and amazing that now, you know, there are some medications out there where you're not even going to, you don't even necessarily have to have as much of a fear about transmitting Transmitting it to a partner. And I mean, that's huge. Like I remember being in middle school was really probably the first time that I, I remember hearing about and actually understanding what, and again, back at that point, what HIV slash AIDS was and being just so terrified of it. And I wasn't a gay male. I was, I, well, cause it affects more than, I think, you know, it talks about it in the book about it disproportionately affecting yes. gay men or men who have sex with men. Who and don't that, identify and that's as another gay. thing I wanted to say too, is I completely forgot that it used to be referred to as GRID, gay-related immune deficiency. I forgot that. It wasn't in the book. It was in the book. It was? Yeah. Because I had forgotten about it, and I read that, and was like, what? Oh, yeah. Because they thought it just affected gay men? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. And then bisexual men who would have partners that were men and women, um, you know, straight women were... At an increased risk uh, from 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 that side of things, then uh, even like lesbians would be. If if mm-hmm. if we are women that are only sleeping with other women, we have one of the lowest risks of uh, STIs in general, but very specifically HIV. Um, one of the shocking things that happens early in the book is Art. Art talks about being the only gay kid in school, and his father suggests that maybe all the gay people in New York will die from this, meaning AIDS, and there'll be none left in the whole city. Oh, I was so angry. I was so angry. And they know he's gay. And it's just like, I mean, because New York is huge. So the fact that, you know, and he was saying, you know, 10, 10%, and they'd go through the subway at one point, and they're like, 10%, whatever, would be gay or be queer. They say gay, but it's queer. You know, that, and... um. Now I think the number is a lot higher for, it's like one in... It's like 25% or so? I was going to say one in four is LGBT. Yeah. it's not just gay, but back then, gay was the umbrella term. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of, uh, a lot of identities that we, that we have now, that we have language for now, Mm -hmm. because they did, they... All They've these different existed. things have always existed. Absolutely. It's just that our language has finally evolved to fit, you know, all these different... And our media has picked up on these stories. Thank and goodness. These... Yes, yeah. yes. 
Um, and the fact that, you know, Uncle Stephen has had over a hundred people that he's known that has died. I loved Uncle Stephen. I loved Uncle Stephen. That, the jelly bean mm-hmm. theme that you, you get throughout the book as Stephen puts one in every time he has this loss. Um, like, it just is such a, even though we're reading it, such a visual representation of... You know, I think about all these different jelly beans and they are all different colors. I honestly I was picturing like jelly belly jelly beans because there's even more, even though that wouldn't have been what was there in 89. Um, but I just picture all all these different men that he's known and all the, the promise and the, the beauty, beauty. <laughs> Jinx. Um, of their lives and how tragic and how preventable, you know, I mean, when you really get down to it, we look at now, uh, coming, hopefully coming out of the mm-hmm. COVID-19 pandemic, when you look at how quickly, and obviously, yes, technology, technology, medical community, I get it. all of it's different. I was thinking about that because there were a lot of stories in the queer media yeah. about this being a big trigger of oh, yeah. even of increased anxiety. Yeah. For the men and women who remember the AIDS pandemic. Yes. Of everyone is dying, we can't stop it. And we're not even sure how it's transmitted at first. Yes. Since it, you know, was on the scene in 1981. But that that level of concern and just like, we went through it. And I know like a lot of people like, we haven't had a pandemic since the flu in the 1920s. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, wait, no. No, we, we yeah, have. We, we very, have. We very one. really have. But... Because it's in a marginalized community. It's forgotten about. The weight of of the medical community's sense of urgency wasn't there. Oh, yeah. you, if AIDS had affected everybody as oh, much oh, as COVID. There would have been a much more mobilized reaction to it. As we saw with COVID. Because suddenly, when it affects everybody. But let's be real. When we speak about the people that are in power, especially at that time period, it was predominantly cisgendered, straight white men. That's just historically who had the most power at that time. Historically, that isn't necessarily too far off of where we are now. We're making progress. They also talk about Reagan finally saying the word Mm -hmm. AIDS in 1987 after the deaths had lasted for six years. And that was due to Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. What a, I, I mean. I loved those note cards and how yes. they came up. I wish there'd been more, but like, I think they were just sprinkled around as like an extra level of color. I loved those note cards. I thought this was a great educational book for young people, and oh, even absolutely. even for me because some of the names that were mentioned throughout, I didn't know. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go. Look. I, I looked did, up several I people. I did. I did too, and yeah. I thought that was really. It almost made it like an interactive read. Like, yes. this person's important enough to mention. I need to look this I'm going to look him up and I'm going to see why. I really loved, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, and I feel embarrassed to admit that it took me a little longer than it should have to understand why it was called Like a Love Story. I want to talk about the title too. That's all yeah. that is. Do um, you want to do that now? We, we can, but first of all, I just wanted to say I loved kind of the... Um, the explanation of of why these characters felt 
so connected to divas as as we see them now i don't know that we necessarily called them divas back when it was just pretty much madonna and Cher and <laughs> um you know judy garland judy garland I, I i was thinking about that i was like i mean i guess Donna she's a Summers. diva but film versus song um but i just i really i loved kind of because since I'm not a gay man, I, I don't have that same perspective. So I really loved getting some context to a gay man's explanation of why this this feels like a connection and why um, that specific community so closely connects with with those powerful women. And um, I really enjoyed, especially as it pertained to Madonna, how they were talking about how... Um, you know, she's being told to fit in this box. You see, you see what Judy, Judy Garland as well, but how she's told to fit in this box. And she's like, nope, goodbye. Like, I'm I'm doing this. I loved the concert. I just got to say, like, oh, yeah. that was the best way to get them to make up. Oh, yeah. And I love that. I mean, I was sad that he was still in the hospital and Jimmy was like, no, he's fine. Oh. But I... I just love I mean, that Jimmy, bonding experience and that the Judy's mom kind of started to really understand yes. it. I didn't realize that Madonna masturbated on stage. I didn't know that either. I I <laughs> hope she tours at one point and I can um, witness her in concert. I'll say that. I, I, I highly doubt she's still doing that. No. Though, I, the <laughs> masturbation part. Well, I was going to say, you know, she's... She's probably a little dried up right now. Okay. I'm just teasing. I am a huge Madonna fan. Um, I did not discover her music till probably college. My mom was yep. not a fan. She didn't approve of, of her in any way. I believe I believe that. Yeah. I, I have but heard when stories. I, just, I mean, and I'd heard her music like out and about, but like yeah. I couldn't buy her CD and that stuff. And that's how old I am. But when I downloaded her music in college, it was this like awakening for yeah. me and I loved when they talked about their favorite songs and like borderline and all this stuff mm-hmm. and I went back and I listened to it and I was just like <laughs> oh it's so good oh yeah All, always a good time I um I probably discovered Madonna like fifth grade sixth grade um and I pro I, pro- I uh I probably initially probably discovered it on like VH1 or MTV or something um, because during the summertime, that was always one of my favorite activities was just kind of having MTV or VH1 on and just watching music videos. Um, and I, I always enjoyed her, her back catalog, her older music from before I initially discovered her. Uh, but some of her newer stuff has been really enjoyable as well, even though it's kind of morphed over time. And I had one of those like, um moments you get when you become older and somebody hears a Madonna song and they're like who's that and I'm like Madonna and they're like I haven't heard of her is she new and I'm like I'm going what stop it get out what she's OG <laughs> yeah who <laughs> whoa oh gosh is she new no friend she's like the original <laughs> I love it. And we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, I want to talk about Stephen dying. Mm, I think, why does 
skip ahead to I the know, but I just, hardest I, part. I have finally, I was sitting here thinking about it, and I was like, I think we, we had to see a death from AIDS, because so many people died. Yeah. And it had to be someone close. Yes. So that we saw the pain of them losing someone. Yes. And it affected all of the characters. And we felt it. And the fact that Jimmy, because he's he starts becoming a major character too. Yeah. He doesn't. He holds on. I, I, I loved just, that. I loved that, and I loved that we a, got to yeah. catch up with him yeah. in the, in I the think they future. Ha- I think they had to do that. Um, that kind of jump ahead for 2016, the 26 years later that they still meet in New York for the anniversary of Stephen's death. But I think like the fact that Jimmy survived, you also got to see what happens. When, you know, there there were medical advancements. Yeah. And then Art tests positive. Oh, yeah. And he talks about that there's a lot more re- medical developments now. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's not a huge deal. It's not as, as big a deal, deal. As, it, as it used to be. Um, and Judy's a designer. Rosa teaches classes about sociology and pop culture. Um, and then Jimmy gets the alert about the pulse shooting on his phone. Mm. And you know that kind of goes back to the love the is love we just that did, we just yeah. Did. And uh, which I didn't realize at the time when I put these <laughs> together. So I love it when it works out. But um, that thought of it kind of brings it back to community and love and bonding, and that we can make it through those hardships, those tragedies. Because mm-hmm. I think too, I kept wondering, like, I hate this ending. Like, why is it on a negative note? And then I was realizing, you know, it's. It's kind of a love story and about first love in the, during the time of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then now our, our pandemic as an LGBT community is hate. Yeah. That's what we're, you know, as acceptance grows, sometimes so does the hate. Because people, mm-hmm. you know, we hid for so long. And now we have, you know, hate crime laws and hate crime mm-hmm. bills and all those things. And it's just like... We have like, more protections. More protections and that's great. And we still have some work to do. But now that's the fear. You know, like there's there's certain areas of Texas I won't hold your hand. Yeah. My own town. Yeah, your own town. I well, I was going to say, it reminded me when you know, they go to the Catholic Church to like scope it out before they do the protest. Yeah. And um, I can't remember... I think it was, we were engaged. It was before we were married. And we went, um, we went to your parents' church on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll just be your friend or whatever. Like, I just was just, like, preparing for that. Yeah. And, like, your mom was like, oh, this is her fiance, da, da, da. And the guy didn't really blink. And maybe he didn't hear it right. I don't know. And then we did hold hands. Yeah. But I was, like, mentally prepared to just get through this for your parents, then go back and open Christmas presents. Yeah. And it's, but I still like hesitate when I'm in that town. No, and I, I get it. I mean, that, that I town, that um, most streets have a Confederate flag somewhere on somebody's truck or literally a giant flag out front. Um, and it's a beautiful area. I'd love it to just, it has live in an area as pretty, but definitely people. Yeah. Backwards hateful people, yeah. Backwards hateful people. I, um... <clears throat> what is West Texas? Do what? What is West Texas? It's not West Texas. Anything 
west of Fort Worth is West Texas. We've I, talked well, about okay, this. I think I'm going to disagree with you on this. Okay, well, you can disagree, but it doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll just move on from our debate there. Do you want to go back to looking at the title? Yes. Okay. He talks about... Art says it was love mm-hmm. because he was his true blue and he'll always be his first and he has no regrets about it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Reza kind of says the same thing, like when they, they go all the way, if mm-hmm. you will. And um, I guess because they didn't end up together at the end, it's not a love story. I still feel like it's a love story. maybe, But it is like a love story. So I think the title is, is okay. perfect. Okay, babe. Do you want to know my yeah. epiphany moment? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Like a virgin? Oh. But I also think it works too. What it I works said. both ways, yes. Yes. Because it's kind of, it's not like your traditional love story where they break up at the end after going all the way and having all these moments together. and Yeah, they just kind of drift apart because they're, they're moving on to that next part in their life. But there, there's no regrets. The time they spent together was beautiful. Which really, when you, when you look at this book as a whole... Despite the the breakup or this or that or the other, it is truly a story that's all about the experiences that we have together. Because you aren't guaranteed a finish line. You have to enjoy the ride. You have to enjoy the experience and truly live your life to the fullest. Um, and when you examine this time frame, in queer history, uh, even though, you know, lesbians weren't as... Uh, at, at, affected. At, at, they weren't as affected. Um, they certainly... were active in ACT UP and yes, in other exactly. groups and taking care too. of their, their gay male friends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that, that time period... So many different people can have very different reactions to that that same issue, that same tragedy. But to get to see this group of people value each other, value experiences like the concert, um, and to... And the protests. And the protests. Oh, I love the protests. <gasps> that one where... They have like these smoke bombs and all these rainbow colors. Oh my gosh. Uh, I wrote it down because it was like, uh, oh, where was it? Leave it to homosexuals to turn protest into installation art. Oh, that was a good line. I loved it. I loved it. It's such a good line. I liked the stock exchange one because it did bring the price down. Mm -hmm. And that's like a realistic thing. Like that they did, people protested that. I just loved... How, even though this is a book of fiction, like it was influenced so heavily yes. by real people and real events. And ACT UP was a real group. And oh, like, yeah. That stuff is so important for people to read about now. Yeah, it's it's very much historical fiction. Like you can very clearly see all these actual people, um, like you're calling out these actual things that happened. And, and even if the people that we're reading this story about aren't necessarily you know, a, a real person, a historical figure we can look up. They're very much, you know, they could be anybody that grew up in that time period or was an adult in that time period. Um, I, uh, 
I want to talk about Judy. I initially, I loved Judy. I was like, I love her. She, I really relate to her. I enjoy her. And then there was a stretch of time in the middle or, or towards the latter middle that I was getting very irritated with Judy. And I was like, why are you here? Why is your character one of our three voices? Because there are really, there are three specific voices throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And as I understand her as a character in the book, I would just for a while was really struggling with, but why is she our, one of our three voices in the book? And, um, is this when they weren't talking or? Well, yeah, cause she was, she was very upset and, and it just felt like pulling away from like pulling focus away from what I felt like we should be focusing on, you know, um, when you have that, one of the three narrators now talking about something else. Um, I just, I had trouble with that. And I, I was like, why am I having trouble with that? Uh, and she had to work through those emotions. She did. She did. And I, I ultimately, I, I came back around and I was fine. But I really do think that the inclusion of her as a narrator, the choice of her as one of our three narrators, is to really give context to what the AIDS crisis was like for someone who was a a loved one of someone with AIDS Mm -hmm. and to watch, you know, a beloved uncle languish and... And they took care... Her and her mom went and lived with him mm -hmm. to take care of him. And she was upset with her grandmother for not coming to see her son. I I couldn't wrap my head around that. Why? Why on earth would you not... Come and try to just have a few moments with your son. I just, I, 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 oh, and when, that was rough. And when Stephen is, is dying and he's telling them they won't teach this in schools, you have to remember it and share it. Oh, that was so powerful. Don't let people forget. Yes. And it's still not always taught in schools. No, it's not. So, again, I think books like this are just so important because it does teach the queer community its own history because we have to self-learn absolutely we have to specifically seek it out i don't remember the first time i learned about aids i know it wasn't in school i think it was like a reference in a movie or something and i probably asked my mom and she was like oh gay men got that and i was like oh that's weird that doesn't seem like that's the whole story and then obviously i went and went to google and learned and then many years after that i watched the movie philadelphia Mm. um, with tom hanks and um just fantastic performance. And I think he won an Oscar for that or something. He got some, I'm sure he won some award for it. Um, but the fact of like how people were so ostracized in public and mm. it's in this book too. They're, you know, they have legions on their face and people like walk by and give them dirty looks. They don't even want to be around them. And it's like that. You can't, you, you can't get it by touching somebody. I, I just... But I love this, too. Stephen says this, that hate is just fear in drag. Yes! I love... It's a I beautiful line. Too. Hate is just oh, fear in drag. It, it's so true. It is so true. It is an exaggerated 
dramatic form of fear. Um, and uh, I, I absolutely love that line. I, I really enjoyed, just to kind of take a, take a different direction, I really enjoyed a boss and getting to see that relationship between, uh, between him and between Reza and, and how that kind of started to grow. And, um, I loved how Reza came back and he was like, Hey, I, I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Yeah. I and stole admit, from you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I know, I know you did. But when I saw the things you were buying, I knew these were things that you needed. And so it, you know, it was fine. Um, and I just, I thought that was so beautiful. And he even mentioned, um, can't remember the exact line, but, you know, when you, you work this hard, you always know exactly how much money you have because you've had to, you've had to earn it. Um, and I just... But I, he also talks about giving his mother some time because mm-hmm. he's lived in New York for like a decade. That's over true. a decade. And so like he's, I think, accepting of Reza being gay. Oh, Yeah. And so the mom sweet. is going to come around and they mm-hmm. go to the funeral. They go to Steven's funeral together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he tells him, he's like, we didn't know him. We're going for you. But I love that um, Reza's sister is supportive enough for them to have sex in her apartment. Oh, I couldn't believe that. Uh, she, She's awesome. She was so excited, too. She was like, is this going to be your first time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did find that quote that I was looking for. Oh, earlier. yeah. Go ahead. Um, gay men love divas because they know what it is to live in layers. Mm. And I, I thought that was really beautiful and really true. You know, um, I mean, you can talk about layers as in what society expects of you, what's ex- what society has assumed about you. Who you are. Who you show at work. Who yeah. you show at home. Oh, yeah. And even who you show in, in front of different groups of friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, too. Well, yeah. And you saw kind of some differences in... I feel like you, you, you got to kind of pull back some of those layers, like an onion, of art. as Like from where you first meet him. And then as he grows closer with Reza. And you kind of get to see this core beautiful person of who he is whereas initially when you meet him he's just like just just very intense and um almost off-putting with as far as like Reza and Art's interactions go initially because it's like it's like a sameness off like when you know when you meet another queer person and you both present very similarly or maybe that's the first queer person that you've ever met or the only other one in school or whatever. There's this weird tension of like a sameness off where you're like, oh, we're both so similar. Mm, let's figure this out. Let's. And they kind of touch hands on the subway. Oh, yeah. And then he tries to like talk to him about it. He's like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> it's just because that's, I'm trying to remember, that's. It's on the way I, to Stevens. I think that's on the way to Stevens. Yeah, house. I think so. Yeah, and because uh, because Art that was, was supposed to be their then first Art hit on him. Yeah, and he was like, like "Oh no, I'm not." And because he was, he goes back to get flowers for Judy. Yes, 
And I was, because I remember thinking, like, why are you hitting on him when he's supposed to be going over for this date? Yes, that's correct. But I yeah. think Art is like, well, does he know he's queer? Because sometimes I think you you almost need someone to acknowledge it in you before you can accept it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I know mm-hmm. that was it for me. Oh, okay. I had a friend in college that we stayed up late one night talking and we both came out to each other. And, like, I was like, wow, it, it feels real now for me. That I can now go and be gay. That sounds silly, but... Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I just... that I never had told anybody else, so... Um, but I think, you know, at that time, Reza's so afraid of contracting HIV or AIDS. It was before we called it HIV back then. Mm-hmm. But um, doesn't want to even admit that he's gay, even though he's automatically attracted to art. And mm-hmm. I just love that... They do have that connection, but then he's like, oh, no, no, no. And you can tell he's afraid to go to see Steven. Yeah. And that's why he gets her out of the house. So they go and they have a good time. Mm-hmm. But, like, he never goes to see Steven. And Judy calls him out on that. Yeah, she's like, are you homophobic? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I don't remember what he says, but I know he says no. Yeah. Um, And, and kind of glosses over it, but... um. When he comes out to Judy and he tries to do it in just the sweetest he way. He really, he really was doing I think as it, much as he could. To... I think it was hard because she's like, are you into art or are you into men? And she, he's like, I'm into men and I'm into art. And that's. I mean, my heart went out to her tough. because she, she, she really did have such strong feelings for him. And she was really struggling with feeling attractive and, and, um. You know, she dealt with some fat shaming earlier in the book, which is, I mean, you know, it's hard. And uh, she was such a fabulous character, fabulous yeah, person. Yeah, like you wanted her to find love. Yeah, you really did. And for all the straight women who have dated gay men, gay men are fabulous. They so, are. Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of confusion there. And it's sometimes hard to realize that, you know, maybe they're, they're not as into you as they would want to be. Because I think... You know, Reza has a lot of internal homophobia. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of his fear, like, irrational at, at, at a point, irrational fear of AIDS is is kind of like this metaphor for his internalized homophobia as well. Um, but just... Because he always brings it back to, like, ruining his mother's life mm-hmm. and, like, what she would do if her son died and mm-hmm. just all of these things. Mm. I, um, I loved that... I think it was, I think it was Stephen. Yeah, that Stephen reached out to Judy and was like, you know, I, I did the same thing. Like he basically told her about a beard, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he was like, I, I dated a woman because you know I am still working through everything, and I, I, I was Reza in that case, and uh, you know I hope. That you understanding that that is a thing that can frequently happen to queer folks. That you can maybe give him a little grace and see that he wasn't trying to hurt you. He wasn't trying to deceive you. You know, he was coming from a good place. I really wanted to see the shirt she made him. I know. It sounded amazing. It did sound amazing. I, uh, golly, I hope this is a movie somewhere. Like, eventually. (laughs) I would would love to see it. It would be the cutest movie. I 
thoroughly loved arts project. Oh, I loved all the photos that were described. Yeah, take the photos of all of these gay men in his life and shoot them as, you know, different actresses or or singers. Um, I just, even though this was, was all written word, you you've had this very clear picture mm-hmm. of exactly what was described. Um, just a beautifully, beautifully written book. Um, and I, I loved the line, the opposite of shame is Madonna. <laughs> I was like, yeah, That's a good line. There's a lot of great lines <laughs> oh, in this book. Oh, goodness, yes, there I think, are. too, the, the note cards where the Uncle Stephen made, when they make copies at the end. Oh, that was so and beautiful. And they put them all around town, mm-hmm. and they each have a set. I just really loved. I loved that, I loved too. That. And I, I like to think of some queer kid in New York just stumbling upon. It's like a, it's like a, um, what's it called? It's like a queer scavenger hunt mm-hmm. like throughout New York. Surprise scavenger hunt almost Mm -hmm. because you see it when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think that. Uh, I really enjoyed there was a. I can't remember who Art was talking to, but he said there was a line about photography is more about the photographer than the subject. And you have done some light photography. I, I think you're talented. Mm-hmm. Um, what did Thank you think you. of that line? Well, I think it's true. Um, it just kind of depends. Like sometimes, like you know your subject, you have to shoot it. Like because when I was a journalist, you had to go and shoot events or take mm-hmm. pictures of people. But I think the way you frame it and the way you try to capture that person's essence, whether it's for a feature or it's a news story, and um, yeah, it's like how that person sees the photo. Mm-hmm. And sees the subject. It's um, it's hard because sometimes you, know, especially for new series stories, they only use like one photo, mm-hmm. or they only print one photo. Now we can have a whole slideshow online, but it's it's tough sometimes to capture something in one image. Well, and I think that's really a really important call out too, because it it just goes to show how important it is to have not only queer representation in media. Um, but in like, especially if we're talking about movies, um, the having a queer director, having a queer cinematographer, ha- uh, would love to have queer actors. But the way things are framed, it's very different. And the way a queer director may, you know, lay out a scene and and have a focus might be very different than a straight male director. Just like a female, even like a straight female director may lay it out very different. Um, I know one of the things that as I've gotten older and I rewatch some movies that I have, I guess, just said, oh, these are good because everybody says these are good. Um... And then kind of, you know, had a step back enough to, to time has, has moved on and age and maturity and whatnot. But, um, you know, looking at things that there is a very big difference between how someone within a community would frame it 
and how someone outside of the community would frame it. Um, and that, that goes for not just the queer community, but any community. And I, I think that's why representation is so important um, as both the photographer and the subject. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Can we talk about the first time Reza and Art are alone together? Oh, boy. That was, un- that's, it's, I felt uncomfortable for Reza. <laughs> but it's when Art's working on a project with, Reza, with Reza's brother. Mm-hmm. And he's standing in his room to ask him about Judy. Mm-hmm. And I guess Reza's sitting on his bed. Yes. And he has an erection the whole time. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Like. <laughs> I was like. Surely Art is going to notice. notice. Yeah, and he's in poor Reza, like so awkward. Yeah, or feels just awkward sitting in his time. room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I think too. Um, another historical moment is when they mentioned that Princess Diana was photographed shaking hands with an AIDS patient, and the historical significance yes. of that. Oh, absolutely. So there's just so many, like, pockets of history in this book that I think are just really important. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, like, you look at, like, Judy Garland, Elizabeth Taylor, Princess Diana, all excellent examples of allies that are leading by example, that are making choices in how they show up for the marginalized communities, you know, that, that we're all human. And so you don't have to be a part of a community to see that maybe they're being treated unfairly and that you can do something to elevate them or to help them. Because like you talk about the example of Princess Diana in that moment where Because I remember that. Yeah, I mean, she obviously knew that there were cameras around. I mean, my goodness, every waking moment there were cameras around for her. But she knew that. She was also aware of how many people were being treated. And to actively make a choice as a, a radical stance to say that these are people and they need to... Be treated as people that need to be loved. They need to be taken care of. They, I mean that. Need to be touched and hugged and loved yes. on. Yes, and um, that's what it takes. It's just showing up for fellow humans, and um, I mean, like do we talk about on the last episode? Being an ally isn't being perfect. Being an ally is showing up. And learning. And, if, and learning. And if you do make a mistake, you go, okay, show me how to do better next time. Because as our language evolves for all the different identities that kind of envelope the queer community, people make mistakes. I mean, envelope? I know I have I have some friends that it's are an envelope. Oh. Is that weird? It's envelope. Oh well, you're right. It is envelop. So that one. <laughs> but what I was going to say is I've had some friends that, you know, I've known and then they came out as non-binary and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. And then if I hadn't seen them in a minute, I've used the wrong pronoun. I'm like, oh, darn. 
let me try that again. And that's all it takes. You just, oh, okay, well, let me try that again. You learn and you're better. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, no one in the world is asking for perfection. We're asking for humility and, and to care about, about each other. I liked um, when Reza and Art finally kiss. Mm-hmm. Reza is like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah, that was beautiful. I love. I that. thought of you during that moment because I know yeah. you were a late bloomer. I was. Did you feel like that when, when you kissed a woman? Um. Yeah, I mean, I really did. I. Uh, I'm go- I'm going to paraphrase someone who is who is better with words than I. When I was coming out, um, there was a a late bloomer lesbian subreddit that I was a fan of that that other late bloomers and I would chat back and forth. And someone encapsulated the experience of living a a hetero life when you're not hetero and then discovering that you're a lesbian and having that first like sexual experience with a lesbian. I was just talking about kissing. I but... know, but I'm going to take right. it to another level. Taking it to another because level. I really enjoyed the way that they wrote this. And I wish to goodness I remembered who it was. Because I would love to give them credit. Because it is not me. Um, but they were, they were talking about how sex with a man was like having to serve a master. And sex with a woman was like getting to worship a goddess. And it was just very, I was like, yes, like it's such a clear difference in framing that when you are rehearsing a sexuality that is not yours, that it feels like going through emotions, being forced to act, and it doesn't feel right. But then when you do discover who you are and you are in a relationship with someone or if you're just into casual stuff, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But when you finally do get to have a sexual experience, whether it's kissing or or, or more, it really is just a completely different experience. It's like the difference between... Hey, we're going to go get dessert. Oh, yeah, what is it? Brussels sprouts. Or, hey, we're going to go get dessert. Yeah, what is it? Ice cream sundae. Like, it's just a completely different experience. So did you feel that way? That this is what it's supposed to feel like when you kissed a woman? Yeah. Back to my original question. uh, Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, wow, this is a lot better. Wow. She's so soft. (laughs) I like it. Also, you know, the... um... I loved that Uncle Stephen was giving Reza the sex talk about, you know, using condoms and mm-hmm. they can expire. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I didn't know they could expire. I did know that. I didn't. You know, because of the whole. Right. No, business. but I think like that stuff's important for for absolutely for the young audience to read. Um, and then uh, talks about um, you define sex for ourselves. We're queer and we make our own rules. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to, you know, do 
a specific thing to lose your virginity as a queer person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's your well, and you don't as a straight person either. That's true. I know. But I think, too, with queer stuff, I think, you know, you get to decide when you feel like you've, you know, lost your virginity. I think that's important mm-hmm. to... Well, I don't think I have yet. <laughs> You're married, woman. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we just sleep in twin beds that are oh like lucy and ricky yeah, oh yeah. yeah no no honey <laughs> no well you ain't obviously ain't no virgin because you've had a son no i'm just uh, choosing the no no um, you no woman we have had lots of sex okay in okay. lots of places in this house that's sorry there's a bomb <laughs> where what um yes you we are very intimate people together just so that you know anna is wiggling her eyebrows lasciviously oh oh okay anyway i i want to share uh oh my favorite i love to kind of i love kind of at the end they were talking about how love is our legacy right and um you know which i thought was really fitting for speaking about so many men whose lives were tragically cut short and um i was thinking about that a lot love is our legacy because i think it you know really ties into last the last uh last book you know love is love and um i think it's like absolutely right because everything queer folks have we've had to fight for and it's all the things we've had to fight for is because of who we love whether that's our partner whether that's partners whether that's self-love for like our trans and non-binary folks like it's all about love and the fact that that's where our fight is is kind of rooted in i mean how are we gonna lose <laughs> you know i mean Right now, our battle feels really long. <laughs> um, we've made so much progress as a queer community. And, I mean, we still have such a long way to go. But when you're starting at love, I think it just, I think it just makes us more powerful. <laughs> what is it um that line uh in star wars this is about the dark side we're not the dark side but but the, like if you cut me down that i will only become you know more powerful do you know what i'm talking about with it sure yeah yeah sure. Isabel. yeah well i mean that's us like we're they've tried they've cut us down a bunch but we just we just keep coming back we have existed since the beginning of time. We certainly have. Sappho was writing all the, all the poetry. I do want to talk about when Art has that reaction at his club meeting. And he mm-hmm. says, you know, I have AIDS, I have AIDS, or whatever. And he's kind of attacking the homophobe. Oh, yeah. 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 And Reza won't even come near him. And he calls him out for that. But he, he obviously doesn't have AIDS, but like the fear was so real that even young people had it. Mm-hmm. And he, I think you see him as an activist 
just lose it. Yeah. And that he's fed up. Yeah. And I think also, like, he still pretty much feels like him and Reza have this connection. Yeah. And that he's dating his best friend, and it's just, it's hard on him. It's really, I think, eating him alive in the sense of, like, I don't want to be attracted to you, but I am. Mm -hmm. And I want my friend to be happy. And then also I want people to come to this club and care that people are dying. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing that you just kind of come back to over and over again in, in this book is the inaction of the people that can make a difference is deafening. And I just, it's not, it's not something that, that doesn't happen anymore. It's not like, oh, okay, that was back then with the AIDS crisis and that's over. Like we, we hear, we hear the deafening silence of people that can change things now when it comes to protecting trans kids. When it comes to, you know. Employment protections. Employment protections for, for uh, gender identity. That, that we still don't, still don't have that. Um, in, in many places. Uh, and I guess it comes down to the same thing we talked about last episode. Vote. Mm-hmm. Run for office. Like, make the changes that you can make. Protect yourself. Be safe. Or but... get involved. Get involved with your local HRC organization. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, we have an Equality Texas group here, organization, mm-hmm. in, that has um, a huge... They have an office in Austin, but they have areas, th- pockets throughout the state. Mm-hmm. You know, Equality Florida helps with... Um, the donations for when love is love is bought to, mm-hmm. to give to the victim's family. So there are, you know, see if you have an LGBT group in your state, how can you support them? How can you donate your time? Yeah. You know, I wish we lived closer to Austin. I would go and be there for protests. Um, it's, it's hard to, to get time to do that. Um, but I, but there, there are always ways yeah. that we can, we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like there's great volunteer organizations that, that you can help out with. Like there's a, a really awesome organization called Point of Pride um, where you can actually write these you know, handwritten notes to uh, trans and non-binary kids. Um, and they include them in life-affirming, you know, care like chest binders and Things like oh, that. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Be cute for, I don't know that they're calling them GSAs anymore. Because, well, they're still calling them that in some places. Because instead of Gay Straight Alliance, they're calling them Gender and Sexuality Alliance. Oh, I like Alliance. that. Yeah. Um, but I know, oh, we can't say sexuality in schools. So. Um, Good grief. <laughs> but there's other names that they call them. Yeah. But that would be cute for those to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, that's, I mean, not the only one. Like, there are. Lots of different organizations, mm-hmm. but... Um, Google is your friend. Google is your friend. Well, I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? I, well, I, think... I did like at the end, the very end, it talks about the people who have died are the ghosts watching you. Yeah. And it reiterates the tell your story or it could be wiped out. 
Mm. And to not ask elderly people how they are, ask them where they've been. Oh, I loved that. Because we have no future without a past. That's absolutely true. I just thought this book was so well done and it ties, it did tie it into the present. I wasn't thrilled with how it tied it in. I, you know, I felt like it kind of left you hanging a little bit, but it was nice to know that Reza had a husband and kids and Judy had kids. I was so happy for them all. Art was doing great things too. And yeah, um, I just wanted more at the end. I know that seems a little selfish. I just wanted a little bit more explanation of where they were. So mm-hmm. I give this a four. Four, four rainbows. Four rainbows. I'm I'm back. I'm giving it five rainbows. Giving it five rainbows. Giving it well, five rainbows. I went and I looked on Goodreads and the first time I read it, I just loved the story so much I gave it a five. Oh, okay. But then I was like, to be fair, I give a lot of books fives if I really like it. And so this one, because I was discussing it with you and was mm-hmm. really thinking about it. And it was also my second read. I still really enjoyed it, but I thought, wow, at this point in my life, I needed more at the end, so I, I changed it and I gave it a four. Okay, doc. Well, I mean, it's it's averaged a four point five, so that's mm-hmm. pretty good, huh? <laughs> Let's talk about our next book. Oh, what our is our next, next book, book gonna be? Is Pumpkin by Julie Murphy. <gasps> Sounds exciting. It is a fun summer read for July, and we need that. We do. We do need some. We fun do need reads. some fun summer reading. We had a heavy June. We did uh, historically significant, but also mm-hmm. a heavy June, and mm-hmm. so now it is time for some fun summer beach reads. Woo woo! All righty. So until next time, we're all queer here. Absolutely. Absolutely.